0: are glorified and that you are praised. And the beautiful picture to that is even if we don't, you will still get glory. Even your creation will cry out to you. Father, I pray that we would glorify you and praise you in everything we do. Be with us today and make us receptive to your truth. I pray all this in Jesus' name Amen. Amen. Man, am I the only one that wanted to clap at the end of that song? What a great savior we have. And I guess I was the only one, but I couldn't clap and get my microphone on at the same time. So anyway, thank you, worship team. We got a great Savior, don't we? Jesus Christ. I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, I know I did as well. And uh, I'm finishing up a series this morning uh, titled Great Prayers in the Bible. And uh, I I did this series because uh, I'm really excited about what the Lord is going to be leading us towards in 2015 as a church Corporately. And so uh, I wanted us as a church to be in prayer. And so I've been trying to really give you, uh, you know, there's some famous prayers that we all kind of know in the scriptures. I've been trying to introduce you to some other prayers. Uh, there, there's just literally hundreds of prayers in the Bible uh, prayed by saints of old. And I've been trying to introduce you to some of them. Uh, actually, this morning we're going to look at a prayer by a prophet of the name of Habakkuk. And uh, if you're like, I have never heard that name before, okay, so that's on page 713. Actually, Actually, in your chair Bible so you can kind of follow along there. I'd encourage you to get your hand out and uh, fill out and write down and you remember more things that you write down. And, uh, and so that's what we're going to finish up this morning. And then we're actually, believe it or not, I can't believe I'm saying this, we're heading into the Christmas season. Can you believe that? And uh, next week, I got a special treat for you. I have the guy that I consider my pastor. Uh, Alistair Geddes is coming, and he's going to preach the Scotsman, okay? So uh, uh, yeah, I always feel like he should be in the engine room on Star Trek. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, Scotty, I'm giving it all she got, Captain, kind of thing. But... Um, <clears throat> But he'll be here, and then on the fourteenth, um, we're going to be going through some of the words of Christmas, and and on the fourteenth, our children are going to sing, okay. And then on the twenty-first, we've got some special music, and it's going to be a great service, a little TSO stuff, and uh, and so that's going to be a great service. And then on the twenty-fourth, it's Christmas Eve, we've got two services, three o'clock and five o'clock, okay. Family worship, candle lighting, you know, I love simple and pretty and all that stuff, and so that's a, always a great service. In fact, there's a card in the chair in front of you. Uh, with those service times for Christmas Eve, I really want to encourage you, take that uh, and invite a neighbor, okay? If if there's somebody you've been praying for uh, or ministering to, serving, and maybe they haven't been to church in a long time, a lot of times they'll come on Christmas Eve, right? It's kind of a natural thing, so I want to encourage you to invite them out for that. Uh, And so that's kind of our holiday season, man. It's it's right here. I can't believe it. And, And so, yeah. So let's finish up here this morning. Great prayers in the Bible. This is a this sermon's kind of nerdy. It's the Sean Nerdy Sermon. I've been excited to talk about it, and and I'm gonna make a point today that, uh, man, I, it's, you, you're gonna be like, my pastor's weird. But anyway, um, now, you know, kids ask questions. I, I found this online, um, the 20 the the 20 most popular questions that children ask. Uh, so here they are. Ready? Uh, how's electricity made? Uh, what are black holes? What is infinity? Why is the sky blue? Why do we have leap year? How do birds fly? And why does cutting onions make you cry? Where does the wind come from? Why is the sea salty? How big is the world? What happens when we die? What is a prime number? Is God real? What makes thunder? Why do we blink? Where do babies come from? How do planes fly? What is time? How does Santa come down the chimney, and where does water come from, right? Those are 20 most popular questions. Of course, you know, if you've uh, been married for any length of time, if you're a good dad like I am, uh, you answer all of them with ask your mother, okay? Ask your mother. So that's how we get through those. Uh, Today's prayer is, is in the context of some really difficult questions, actually, uh, so I have to give you a little bit of context, and and we're going to look at Habakkuk chapter three. Uh, it's in your it's in your Bible on page seven thirteen, because I know it's a tough one to find. Okay, but Habakkuk is a prophet that was ministering to the people of Israel after the destruction of the nation. And so the nation of Israel had been destroyed; they had been deported into foreign countries. And Habakkuk is is called by God to minister to those people in that setting. And he's got some tough questions for God because he's he's in these foreign nations where the true and living God is is not worshiped. He's in these foreign lands where there's immorality all around him, and yet the true and living God of the Bible is not worshiped. And so Habakkuk in this setting, Habakkuk chapter one and Habakkuk chapter two, he actually asked two really important questions. They're, They're questions that you know, if we delve deep into your thinking and into your mind, you've asked these as well. He asks the question, God, why is there so much injustice? Why does evil and injustice seem to prosper? You ever ask that question? Like, that's, that's the real deal question. And so that's chapter one. Chapter two, he asks, God, why do your chosen people, the people that are your kids, why do they suffer? At the hands of people that maybe don't know you and don't love you. So those are the the two questions, and so it's in that context that we dive into Habakkuk chapter three. And, I, and again, I've been trying to give you guys a theology or a framework of prayer. And so in Habakkuk chapter three, after he and by the way, I'm not going to answer those two questions. You can read it for yourself. I hope hopefully that whets your appetite enough to go. Oh, I'll read that for myself. Okay, so you can read Habakkuk chapter one, Habakkuk chapter two, easy read. You can read the whole the uh, the whole minor prophet and. and Few minutes really. Uh, You can read that on your own. Okay, so in Habakkuk chapter 3, we get the prayer of Habakkuk after he gets his answers from God. And the first thing I want you to see is that it's interesting because this is a singing prayer. Okay? It's a singing prayer. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 1. It says, This prayer was sung by the prophet Habakkuk. I love that. Okay? I love that little intro, and here's why I love that. I think it's the the obvious application, but I'll make it anyway because that's what preachers do. We talk about the obvious. Okay, so, uh, so you know, corporate worship. Like, I hope that when you come in here, and I love what Joel kind of did for us. He's like, maybe you came in here today and you were hurried and you didn't really have time to to set your heart and your mind on the things of the Lord. I hope you do that before you attend. But if sometimes I get it, man, getting the kids out the door, it's tough to do. Like, I hope that when you gather here corporately with us, that this is an opportunity for your mind and your heart to engage with other believers through the the songs that we sing and a heart full of grace. And a mindful of prayer to the Lord. This is an opportunity, church, to use corporate worship to sing prayers and to sing praises to God. And Habakkuk does it, he actually sings this prayer. There should be a spirit of prayer among us when we gather corporately. That's why the the the, uh, the songs that we choose are intentional and they're important because we want to make sure that you're engaging with your mind and with your heart in something that is true as you're singing. That these are these are prayers that you can lift to God and say, God, I understand the gospel. I understand your character. I understand who you are, and I praise you for that. And we sing our prayers. And so Habakkuk, which I just found incredibly interesting, he sings his prayer. And by the way, this is something you could you could even use in your in your own quiet moments with the Lord, right? You can you can sing to the Lord a prayer and a song that you know, and, and as we introduce you these new songs, I hope that they become your prayers. Now, uh, you know, I don't, I don't sing a lot privately because it's so awful, okay, and I'm always afraid someone will hear it, but, but you know, I, I'm, all kidding aside, I do use times where I'm singing in my heart, and I hope that you are singing your prayers to the Lord. Now, let's dive into this prayer, okay? So here's Habakkuk's prayer. It's a singing prayer, okay? And I want you to see that, first of all, he rests in the faithfulness of God. Okay, so when we pray, we, we're mindful of the character and the faithfulness of God. In fact, I, I would imagine a lot of you all took some time this week to give thanks at some point, right? Maybe as a family or around a plate of food or whatever, you know, uh, you know, big big feast maybe that you had, but you took some time hopefully to give some thanks. And, and think, a big part of thanksgiving is resting in God's faithfulness. Hey, God is going to be faithful to us. And so Habakkuk says this in Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 2. He says, I have heard all about you, Lord, and I'm filled with awe by your amazing works. Now, remember the context, right? They're, they're, these folks, are they're, they're in a foreign land. They're in slavery, if you will. And yet he still finds time to praise God. He says, I'm still amazed by your works. He says, in this time of our deep need, help us again as you did in years gone by. What's he, what's he talking about? He's talking about faithfulness, right? He's talking about stories of the Old Testament. He says, and in your anger, remember your mercy. Church, I want to encourage you with this this morning. You, it, it's important that you uh, are regularly in your Bible because if you're not in the Word of God, you're not going to know the stories of God, which remind you of the faithful characteristics of the God that we worship and the God that we pray to, Right? Sometimes we, you know, we make the mistake. Like, we'll, we'll read an Old Testament story of Abraham, right? And God said, Hey, Abraham, I want you to pack your bags and go to the land that I will show you. And, and so we take that, and the way we apply that is, Hey, you know what? I'm, God told, I'm just going to, like, sell my house and quit my job, and I'm just going to go. And, 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 and instead of gleaning the characteristics, and I always say this, and it's another sermon for another day, but I believe that a big bulk of our lives is actually lived in Proverbs. Like, we gain godly wisdom and we live in wisdom. And again, another sermon for Another day, but but when we pray, okay, you we 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 have to know the scriptures so that we recognize the faithfulness of God all throughout history so that we know that the, the God that we worship is the, the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow, that God who was faithful to Abraham is going to be faithful to us. If he's called us to something, he's gonna supply the need the power to fulfill what he's called us to do. And so no matter the circumstance, so Habakkuk says, man, I remember your stories from old God. You were, you've always been faithful, and I recount that. And we have to be in our words so that we are mindful of the faithful character of God. And he's, unfa- he's unchanging to his faithfulness. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, the author of Hebrews says, Jesus Christ, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever it's important to remember that our God is unchanging. God's son, Jesus, is unchanging. And that he is the God that was faithful to Abraham. And Habakkuk is recalling all God's faithfulness to the people of Israel. He's the same God. Even when circumstances are difficult, he's unchanging. He's faithful to us all the way to the end. We re- our prayers rest in the unchanging faithfulness of our God. Number two, second thing I want to glean out of Habakkuk. Here's where I get a little Nerdy. Okay, uh, here comes Pastor Sean's nerdiness, all right? Yeah, we pray to a God who makes mountains tremble. We pray to a God who makes mountains tremble. Uh, you can put next to, next to this point here, uh, kind of a, a side note, like this is the bigness of the God that we pray to. This is the bigness of our God, okay? The God that we pray to, he's a big God. I want you to see this in Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 3. As, so here they are, the people of Israel, are, they're in captivity. Habakkuk's wondering when God's going to get them out of captivity. God, he asks a couple tough questions of God. God gives him answers, and here's what he says. He says, I see God moving across the desert from Edom, the Holy One coming from Mount Paran. His brilliant splendor fills the heavens, and the earth is filled with his praise. He is co- His coming is as brilliant as the sunlight or the sunrise, rays of light flash from his hands where his awesome power is hidden. Pestilence marches before him. Plague follows behind him. When he stops, the earth shakes. When he looks, the nations tremble. He shatters the everlasting mountains and the Levels the eternal hills. He's the eternal one. I see the people of Cushion in distress, and the nation of Midian. By the way, these are the enemies of Israel. The nation of Midian trembling in terror. The God that we pray to, man, he he makes mountains tremble. Check this out, verse ten. Skip down, right. Ready? The mountains watched. In other words, when God moves, right, the mountains watched and they trembled. Onward swept the raging waters. The mighty deep cried out, lifting its hands to the Lord. The sun and the moon stood still in the sky as your brilliant arrows flew and your glittering spear flashed. You marched across the land in your anger and trampled the nations in your fury. You went out to rescue your chosen people, to save your anointed one. You crushed the heads of the wicked. You stripped their bones from head to toe. That's awesome, isn't it? This is, some, this is actually some pretty frightening stuff. This is, this is the bigness of God. This is a God that when we pray, mountains tremble. Now, I wanted to take pause here and do a little teaching on literature, okay? Because I, I want to give you a little framework. This, the idea, you, you, as you read through your Bible, you're going to get this from time to time, what I like to call apocalyptic literature, all right. Now, if you're like, "Man, that's a big, weird, nerdy word," okay. So let's. Here's where we're going to get nerdy for just a minute. But I hope you. I get excited about this. Okay. Um, so let me give you a couple examples because a lot of times when we read the Old Testament, especially, but also the New Testament, we see this this kind of this cosmic movement of God, right? like stars and mountains and crumbling and, and like all this crazy stuff, right? And, and so this is called apocalyptic literature, right? Where the, now, Now, let me back up just a minute here and say this. Our God is big enough that if he wants mountains to crumble and fall into the sea, that can literally happen. Okay, so let me just back up and say that that's our God. But there is a there's a there's a a, a literature here that implies that when God moves, the earth shakes, mountains fall in the sea, stars fall to the ground. Okay, and so let me give you let me just give you a couple examples. Okay, because the old in the Old Testament, the authors of the Old Testament believed that if there was something happening on earth that was big that the gods big g and small g in the heavens were also moving does that make sense and so so let me like give you just a couple quick examples because it's like everything about them in the old testament was kind of an apocalypse if you will so so like one example okay when when moses um led the people of israel out of egypt god moved in a big way and, and there were what did he use to help get the people out of out of egypt I remember he used 10 plagues, right? And so each plague was actually an attack, if you will, on an Egyptian god, small g, all right? And so they worshiped different gods throughout their land. And so each of the plague represented that Yahweh was bigger than the gods of Egypt. Does that make sense? And so, and so there was an apocalypse, as God, Yahweh, God was moving to restore and redeem and to buy back his people from slavery. Does that make sense? Okay. Uh, Christmas time. Let's do Christmas time. There's another illustration. There were wise men that found the birth of the Christ child, right? Anybody remember how they found him? How'd they find him? They found a star. Why why would they why would a star do how would how would the birth of the Christ child why would a star indicate that? Because when God moved, the heavenlies moved. That was the assumption of these writers. So they would look to the heavens. If there's a new star, there must be a new the the God of the universe is doing something big. There's a, there's the birth of a king. This was this was a this was a, a common way to think in the Old Testament. We don't think that way anymore. So, and so here's what I'm going to illustrate one more way, okay? I'm going to read you a passage of scripture, okay? I'm going to put it up on screen. I'm not going to tell you where it's found, okay? I just want you to listen to this. I told you I was going to be really nerdy this morning, right? I'm not being nerdy, but I'm going to bring this full circle, so hopefully you like this, okay? Okay, so I'm going to read you a passage of scripture. I want you to just listen to it, and and in your mind, I want you to try to guess where this passage of scripture is from, okay? So here it is, Ready? This is an illustration. Then the earth quaked and trembled. The foundations of the mountains shook. They quaked because of his anger. Smoke poured from his nostrils. Fierce flames leaped from his mouth. Gl- glowing coals blazed forth from him. He opened the heavens and he came down. Dark storm clouds were beneath his feet. Mounted on mighty, angelic being, he flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He shrouded himself in darkness, veiling his approach with dark rain clouds. I mean, this is an awesome picture, isn't it? I mean, I wish we could capture this with Hollywood. This is the coming of God, all right? Thick clouds shielded the brightness around him and rained down hail and burning coal. The Lord thundered from heaven The voice of the Most High resounded amid the hail and burning coals. He shot his arrows and scattered his enemies. His lightning flashed, and they were greatly confused. Then at your command, O Lord, at the blast of your breath, the bottom of the sea could be seen and the foundations of the earth were laid bare. He reached down from heaven. He rescued me. He drew me out of the deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemies, from those who hated me and were too strong for me. What passage of scripture does that sound like? Anybody know? Sounds like revelation, doesn't it? All right. It's apocalyptic. It's actually Psalm 18 and the idea is the this psalm was written by King David probably when he was in the cave and King Saul was in the cave and had an opportunity to kill him or could have killed David but David was not found or David could have killed Saul and didn't and so he writes this psalm this big psalm of stars and pestilence and lightning and you know mountains trembling and all this big stuff and the question i have is did that happen probably not but what he was saying is listen my God the God that I pray to is a divine warrior And when he wants to protect his people, he will, and it will be big. And it's the same kind of concept that Habakkuk prays here in Habakkuk chapter 3. God, you're big, and when you move, man, nothing will stand in your way. This is cataclysmic stuff, right? And by the way, we, we see this again in the New Testament, don't we? Where do we see it? I already gave you the answer, right? We see it in Revelation, which is really, really cool stuff. Here's what I want you to know. Okay, so here's why I'm kind of geeky about this. Like, why are you saying all this stuff? Why is it, church? We're the people of God. The church is what God is doing on earth. And when we pray, we pray to our divine warrior. We forget that. We pray to a really big God. The God, like this is 300. The movie. Right. This is Gladiator. This is Braveheart. This is Luke Skywalker. This is the Man of Steel. This is Spider Man. This is our divine warrior. Right? Do you get like all those concepts that we go to the movies and see? Where does that come from? It comes from the fact that our God is a divine warrior. He's he's awesome in the true sense of the word he's he's bigger than we can even imagine and and so the new testament reminds us like like this is we're not talking about people groups we don't we're not talking about stuff we don't wrestle church against flesh and blood but we are at war there is a there's a cosmic war going on and we're a part of it as his people ephesians chapter 6 paul writes he says Man, final word, be strong in the Lord and the might of his power. Put on the put on all of God's army so that you'll be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. In other words, church, we now fight a spiritual battle, and when we pray, we pray to our divine warrior. Our God is a big God. And he helps us fight the battle, and we join with him in prayer. And we're a part of this unstoppable movement of God where evil is going to be vanquished. And our divine warrior is his son, Jesus Christ. And that's why I love what Joel said. The same spirit that raised our divine warrior from the dead lives in us so that we can even conquer the fleshly, sinful evil inside of us through the power of the Holy Spirit and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Incredible news, church. It's incredible news. Never underestimate the power of what you're a part of through the person and work of Christ and His local church. Luke chapter twenty-one. Jesus, I always find this interesting. By the way, I don't have this in your hand. Luke chapter twenty-one. Jesus is he's standing by the offering and watching. How weird is that? We're gonna take up an offering. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, how weird is that, right? He's standing by the offering and watching, right? And, 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 and there's, this, there's this little widow, and she gives like what would be probably the equivalent of a couple cents nowadays, two, two mites. And Jesus pulls his disciples together, and he's like, hey, check this out. Check this out. She gave more than everybody else because she gave out of, she, everybody else gave out of surplus. She gave only what she had. And, and here's what I think he's saying. She's helping to fund the war effort. Did you ever think of it like that she, bring in a little bit of heaven to earth Jesus said in, in, in Matthew um, chapter 10 um, if you just give a, if you just give a cup of cold water in my name why is that important because you bring a little a little bit of heaven to earth when you do some good for somebody when you fight for your marriage and when you serve in your church and when you, when you sacrifice to go on a missions trip and when you bring up your kids in the Lord, church, you're a part of something far bigger than you can even imagine. You're joining with the movement of the divine warrior of Habakkuk chapter 3. It says, God, when you move, man, the mountains tremble. This is big stuff, and you get to be a part of it. You get to join with the divine warrior. And when we pray, man, we, we pray to this divine warrior. And Why did I get geeky this morning? I'll tell you something. This is why I preach this sermon, man. I believe so deeply in the local church. Like this is not small time stuff. This is big time stuff. And I believe that our divine warrior, Jesus Christ, he, he moves with the group of people that say, man, I'm going to take the word of God seriously, and I'm going to take righteousness seriously, and I'm going to work hard at unity, and I'm going to pursue righteousness, and I'm going to pursue the great commandment to love God and to love others in a church that says, you know, we're going to make sure that the great commission is at the forefront so that the gospel of Christ is going to every tribe, tongue, and nation so that heaven comes to earth. So, the divine warrior moves across all communities so that one day the great picture of revelation of every tribe, tongue, and nation is sitting around the throne of God. A church that couples with that vision, the divine warrior moves with them. Isn't that cool? God empowers that group of people. And so, man, we pray confidently. And, of course, we we pray patiently, but we pray confidently for God to move through his church for the glory of God and for the fame of Jesus Christ. Why? Because we pray to our divine warrior, and he's awesome, man. He's awesome. And Habakkuk had a picture, an apocalyptic picture of the awesomeness of his God. And we pray to in the name of God's Son, Jesus Christ, who was raised from the dead by the power of power of the spirit we get to move with our divine warrior so we pray to the god who is powerful man he's big fourth the third third thing about this prayer okay this is really my final point here this morning we pray patiently confidently and joyfully when you pray church you pray patiently you pray confidently and you pray joyfully back at chapter 3 verse 16 Habakkuk says, I trembled inside when I heard this. My lips, they quivered with fear. My legs gave way beneath me and I shook in terror. Man, I will wait Quietly for the coming day, when disaster will strike the people who invade us, and even though the fig trees have no blossoms, there's no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fail and and the fields lie empty and barren. By the way, like this is like recession talk. Do you get that? Like, like even though like my bank account, even though I don't know, and even though mean I don't know how the bills are. Like this is hor- like this is 2008 stuff, right? <clears throat> where everyone, all of us were kind of like, man, how, how are we going to get through this? And we, and, and the truth is, we're not that much further down the road. I think in the back of our minds, we're all still kind of going like, how's this all going to work out? Like, it, it all seems same and, and Habakkuk says, even though all that's going on, even though the fields lie empty and are barren, and even though the flocks die and the fields and the, cattle, and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as Sure footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. Isn't that incredible faith? And he says, Man, even though none of it makes sense, I have no idea how we're even going to exist. I will pray patiently, confidently, and joyfully. And the thing I love about Habakkuk in church, we, we celebrated this last week in the Lord's Supper, right? We talked about how the, the the third part of the Lord's Supper is hope. We take the Lord's Supper till the to the return of Christ. We have our eyes on the return of Christ when the, our faith is made sight. Does that make sense? Man, all that we're hoping for, all that we, all we've been believing is made sight. And here's the deal. I don't know the timing and I don't know exactly how, uh, but I know that we can wait confidently and joyfully for God to bring about final victory. When his kingdoms come, when the crooked is made straight, when the broken is made whole, when evil is vanquished, when sin is destroyed, when Satan is locked away, and until that day, church, here's the deal, ready? We pray confidently to our divine warrior. We pray, we pray joyfully knowing that God can do what he wants to do whenever he wants to do. He's going to provide for his own. We, we pray joyfully, and we pray Longing, looking and longing for the return of Jesus Christ. And so churches, we pray and we and I encourage you a couple of weeks ago, man, to pray for this church. I said it unashamedly. Because the church, a church, a healthy church that holds the scriptures, holds the gospel, holds to the great commandment, holds the great commission, wants to see Jesus made famous in every tribe, tongue, and nation. That church, I believe God's going to bless for the name and fame of Christ. And I have no problem saying, hey, let's be praying for this church as God leads us. And let's pray confidently. Let's pray joyfully. And let's pray patiently for the movement of our divine warrior. And we'll join God when he moves. This past week, I I drove up to Baltimore to see my folks for Thanksgiving. It's always an awesome time. Uh, But one of the things I, I always prepare myself for in the Northeast Corridor, mentally, I prepare for traffic okay, and I, I hate traffic, right, and so, and uh, I ch- I, I've i done everything I can to avoid uh, Washington, Baltimore traffic, I have, I've left at midnight, and still hit traffic at three in the morning, I mean, I, I've done it all to try to, you know, get around this, and so, and so we left Tuesday night, because they were calling for snow on Wednesday up there, so I was like, you know, we probably need to get on the road Tuesday night, so we leave Tuesday night, <clears throat> I'm prepared mentally, I was like, it shouldn't be too bad, but, you know, I know a couple hours in, we'll get up to D.C., you know, and, and I, I should be fine. So I'm I'm preparing mentally, trying to pray up for patience, right? And uh, I get on Victory Boulevard, and I get on the exit on Victory Boulevard, and I get on our exit ramp, and I come to a complete parking lot stop, right? And I'm like, I got six more hours of this. I cannot believe this has happened. And. Uh, it actually wasn't that bad. They had just closed the closed the expressway for an exit or so. And I, my mom called. She says, how's your trip? I was like, well, the first 30 minutes we didn't move, but it's been pretty good since then, you know. Uh, but there's nothing that teaches you patience like sitting in traffic, right, you know. Yeah. But one of the things about, pa- you know, learning patience as you go, um, there's a couple, there's some value to patience. As we pray patiently and wait on the Lord to move, um, I thought, you know, when we when, when we're, when things aren't going our way and we have to be patient, it causes us to slow down a little bit, and that can be healthy. Uh, when, I, when I'm trying to be patient, it teaches me to let go of my calendar and trust God's timing, right? Because we all have a calendar, like I do, do this and this and this by this, this and this, that would be great, right? And it gets us off kind of our calendar and onto God's timing. And the third thing about patience is it teaches me to be grateful and to give thanks in the journey. It teaches me to be grateful and to give thanks. So great prayers in the Bible. Church, I want you to rest in the character of God. The God that we pray to He's faithful. The God that we pray to is powerful. He's a divine warrior. And I want to encourage you to pray confidently, to pray joyfully, and to pray patiently. So let's close with prayer. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your word. Thank you for the prayer of Habakkuk. And God, there's a lot we can learn from that. And uh, and uh, Lord, I pray for us as your people, Lord. We uh, we pause this morning and we recognize your bigness and your power and your strength, God. You're a big God, and uh, and God, we get to join with you when we when we give two mites or we give a cup of cold water or we serve in our church or we love our spouse or we bring our children up in the Lord. Uh, we 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 move with with you and and we we. Fun- we fight the battle against evil, God, and uh, and it's big and it's apocalyptic, and and we thank you that we get to join us. Sometimes we, in our mundaneness, we we forget the bigness of what we're about and what we get to do and what we get to be. And so thank you for using us to help make Christ famous. And God, I pray for this church. I I pray, Lord, that um, you know, we got some challenges. In the coming year, we're kind of seeking your direction. God, we want to continue to grow. We want, we've been talking about seating and parking and children, trying to figure out how do, how do we make room for the people you want to send us, God. And, and uh, We need you to show us, God. I pray, pray for you to move so that, so that we can make Christ famous in our community for the glory of God and for the good of man. And God, we pray. We pray confidently knowing that you hear us, We pray joyfully, knowing that there's a timing that you have that we can't see. And we pray patiently, Lord, waiting for you to join you and move with you when you're moving. And it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. All right, church, this is our offering time. If you're a guest with us this morning, thank you so much for being here. I want you to know we're not after your money. Uh, This is one of the ways we worship the Lord at Coastal Community Church. If you're a guest, I'd love to have one thing from you. If you just fill out that tear-off with your name and your mailing address, we just want to send you a thank you card for coming. That's all we're going to do with that. If you're here this morning and you have a prayer need, uh, we have our prayer team members. They'll be standing up here at the front, and uh, they would love to pray with you. And uh, So you can come during the offer time. You can come even after the service, and they're here to minister to you uh, through prayer. Joel? Let's stand and sing with us.